Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 240. Here's your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Getting through this week. Got yeah. Better weather coming out. March, March is one of those bittersweet months. You know, it's the best. Yeah. It, well, again, you have to put an asterisk on everything this year. You know, usually it's the best month of skiing in the Northeast because you have a lot of events. And stuff too. Yeah. I love getting the longer days. Yeah, that's always nice. You don't have to kind of wrap it up early. Usually lifts run a little bit longer. One of my favorite memories is getting frostbite at Killington the second weekend in March back in 2017. It was nice. this year. Things are a little funky, a little weird. I know I took Benjamin, the little guy. We took to Shawnee again, you know, using that Indy pass, which was great last week. Nice. So just trying to get through March, you know, just uh, enjoying every day, making it count, being the best we can be. Just trying to grind through it right now. Grind. Hoping maybe to get some more skiing in, but we'll see. Who knows? Yes, and, and speaking of grinding, we had an awesome interview with our our new pal, Abe Maynard from the Ski System. And if you are looking to grind this summer and get yourself into the best ski shape possible, get ready. Get ready. We had a great chat with him. He's got a really cool workout program called the ski system that will get you to the level of skiing you want to get to. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We're keeping this episode short, tight, not a lot of cruft. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Check it out. Ski bum podcast. We're on all the social. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped ads. Ebon podcast and go to your favorite podcasting apps and rate us subscribe we'd really appreciate that also i want to give a big shout out and a thank you to our sponsors first one is valon eyewear classic style maximum performance updated classic styles using modern materials and technologies born at a verbier switzerland Love of ski touring, independent, family-owned, reasonably priced. And with every purchase, they will clean up one kilogram of plastic waste. Over 54,000 pounds of waste has been cleaned up. I think by now it's probably like 400,000 pounds. Yeah, you know, a lot. We've been talking about this for weeks. Free shipping to the U.S. Use the code SKIBUM15 if you want 15% off. I've been using their goggles, their sunglasses, their suit. Super cool. They're they're fun, high quality, good prices. Check them out. Valon.store. V-A-L-L-O-N dot S-T-O-R-E. Also, our friends at Teresia. T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A. Teresia.com. Premium cold weather solutions. They needed cheerleaders. They're they're a jingle. If they need a jingle. You guys need a jingle. I could be, you know, was it? Two and a half men. Wasn't that what Charlie's job was? Wasn't he a jingle writer? He's a jingle writer. Right at Dope House on the beach in Malibu. Yeah. I think, you know, there was an era of the jingle when like every commercial or brand had a jingle and then that went away. And now only annoying insurance companies have jingles. Yeah. They get stuck in your goddamn head. I think we need new jingles. I think we got to bring that back. Did he do a lot of jingles? Did he really? I think he did. He was jingle man. Well, he's a good singer and a jingle man. I believe we are now ready for a new era of the jingle man. Maybe we could provide that service. Jingles is out there or Mrs. Jingles. 
Mrs. Jingle. So Teresia, if you need a jingle, we're here for you. All right, so Barry Manilow did Band-Aid, State Farm, KFC, Pepsi, Stridex. Pimples, Sorry. fried chicken, <laughs> Band-Aids. He's all over the place. Teresia, though, Ever. Huh, what they do, best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment, designed with thoughtful features and fit, always providing the optimum level of performance for whatever you are doing. Fully believe that the idea that good products can always be made better and strive it to constantly improve, refine, and optimize. I've been rocking the sorrel jacket all winter long. I've been loving it. Been getting compliments on it. Mario, are you rocking? Which one are you rocking? My brain just stopped working. It's something with a B, right? Is it beacon? That's not the beacon. Oh my god! Look up right now. Yeah, it's the beacon. See, I was, you got that. See, beacon jacket. Got that. Their website the looks beacon. like it's been updated too, which is pretty cool. You got the beacon. Yeah. I got the sorrel. Awesome stuff. I got the pants too. I love them. If you are interested, check out their website, terracia.com. Again, T E R R A C E A. And use the code terracia bum, all one word, all lowercase, for 15% off. Thank you so much, Teresia. Thank you, Valon. We do appreciate you guys supporting us. This is how serious we are this week. We are not even going to the app right today because not even we got fitness. We're talking fitness. We're talking exercise for the podcast in our main topic. So we're just going to roll. Let's go to ski news. First off, Icon Pass program. They just announced last week their plans for the 2021-2022 Icon Pass. And it's going to be nearly identical to the 2020-2021 Icon Pass, which encompasses 44 resorts. And they have a few different options. The regular Icon, the limited Icon Base, and the four-day Icon Session Pass. Passes go on sale on March 11th with early purchase pricing in effect until May 5th. Biggest change in the lineup, Crystal Mountain, Washington, which saw massive crowds two seasons ago, has moved from unlimited access on the Icon Base Pass to just five days with blackouts. Wow. But unlimited if you have the full Icon Pass. So this is something we kind of talked about in the past. You know, what are these passes doing to the resorts that now have them? And, you know, the big news last year was how a basin out in Colorado went from Epic to icon because there were so many people going there. They were jamming up the parking lots. People were complaining. We're starting to see that now at more resorts. And think about this though. If there were, if this wasn't a COVID year, it probably would have gotten crazy already, right? A lot of folks, I think, in that area may have gotten an Icon Pass to go to Crystal now because it was there. But a lot of them are going to Stevens or they're going up to Whistler because of the Epic Pass. Nice. And now, because you couldn't cross the border, maybe they're getting an Icon instead this year. So mm-hmm. this year, it's almost like you have to throw out a lot of your data because there's so many other variances and factors that are making kind of... A, making your data irrelevant a lot of skewing going on a lot of skewing skewing. going on so if you're looking for prices they are holding the prices which is pretty cool so the uh, regular icon pass 
is $9.99. Icon Base goes to $7.29, actually up from $6.99. And the Session Pass, which is valid at 37 resorts, counts for nurses, military, college students, and juniors as well. So the full Icon Pass includes access to 44 resorts. Access is unlimited at 15 and restricted to seven days of access at another 21. Seven groups of resorts, including Alta Snowbird, Pico Killington, also offer seven days at each group, and there are no blackout dates. So wow. if you're there and that toots your fancy, it's it's weird. It's weird and cool at the same time because they have the base and, like I said, the uh, the regular Icon Pass, but they also have add-ons. So you can yeah. get five days at Jackson Hole and five days at... Uh, Aspen Snowmass for 150 bucks. So there's little like hmm. add-on packages too. So, wow. I don't know. So I, I how are we going to figure out this year? On the, Zermatt's on the path. They just added that. Yeah. I think this last yeah, really? year. Ooh. Not that you could have gone there this year. <laughs> I want to go there next year. That's on my list. Oh, dude, that would be so nice, wouldn't it? We gotta, do a, we gotta go again. I got that was an awesome place. Well, it would be the 10 year anniversary, wouldn't it, if we went like, next year? Would it? Next January. It was 2012. I might invite all ski bums listening if you're if this is touching your ears. We're on the radar for next year. We're on the clock. Well, here's the thing, too. So I've had a couple people reach out to us about doing some sort of meetup. And yeah. a bunch of people have thrown out the idea trip. of a basin out in Colorado as being a great kind of middle spot, great skiing, fun places to get an apres, hang out. So I, I want to see if we can maybe make this happen next ski season. Maybe let's assume the world gets back to normal. We can actually travel around pretty seamlessly. How cool well, would that buddy be? Of ours maybe get cutting a deal with big snow. So that's what I'm saying. We get, we go to the Meadowlands there to winter party that we talked about last year. So that's in right. August we should do that. Yeah. And then in when it's actually a ski season, like January, maybe February, we should do a, like a get together of like, you know, like a coming together, almost like a, like sons of anarchy when they would have all the people from all the different chapters of the gang come together. Yeah. What did they call that? There was a name for it, right? Tribunal. Was that what it was? I don't know. Tribunal. I don't know. It's like you're setting off the flare. You're bringing all the people together. I think that would be super cool. Or we could just have one of Stewie's sexy parties up in the mountains of Zermatt. We could do that. Uh, I think pretty much wherever we go, there's sexy parties are happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like custom bathrobes. Like everyone gets like an embroidered bathrobe, oh, <laughs> right? Like a, a fighter's robe with the with the ski bones on the back. Yes, right? embroidered robes and slippers. So they definitely have slippers. Gotta have slippers. Oh yeah, for the hot tub, yeah. you gotta because you're going in and out of the hot tub. We're classy like that. Yeah, we're not animals. We're not savages. Speaking of savage animals, we have. Ian McIntosh and Christina Lusty complete first ascent of Mount Nelson in BC. This is up near Panorama, which I got to tell Melanie this because she used to work there. They shared oh, really? social media. Huh? Wait, yeah. She used to work there? She used to work there. She worked there for, I think, two seasons, she said. Oh, nice. Yeah, doing resort stuff. 
So they shared with social media that they recently com- completed the first descent of the big, bad, beautiful mountain Nelson located near Panorama in BC. It stands 10,869 feet above sea level and it's rocky and steep and looks kind of like just a sheer rock face with a little bit of snow covering. When you look at the picture, you, you're kind of going, is the snow actually going to stick because of how steep this face is? I almost think the rock was painted white and it's just, they're skiing on rock. That's how yeah. gnarly it looks. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's so cool. And I guess they must have done this with North Face and... I don't know if they they did a film and it's going to come out next year. I would be amazed if they didn't. Yeah, I think they're holding on to the film for something. Nobody's seen it yet. Um, But I guess they were thinking about this for a long time and everything came together with the weather and they just made it happen. It's very cool. And it's one of those things, too, this year. You know, they're both Canadians. So with the border being closed, Canadians stay in Canada to ski and Americans stay stay here in America to ski. So this was, yeah, a lot of things came into place to make this happen. So congratulations. That's super cool. And I do hope they have a a video and some footage coming out. There's got to be footage coming out soon. I would be amazed if they didn't have some sort of film crew or something there because this is a a really big deal. Yeah. I imagine it was, I'm going to talk to my people. You talk to your people. Let's make it happen. Yeah, right. And speaking of making it happen. We got one other story kind of following along the same line here. Two skiers defy death in descent of Yosemite's half dome. Man. Oh, you got to see the the footage of this. This is, it's pretty incredible. Jason Torlano and Zach Milligan completed the descent in five hours Sunday by carefully carving their way in crusty snow and using ropes to repel several sections of bare rock known as the death slabs beneath the iconic face of half dome. And it's funny. Yeah. yeah, Interviewed JT Holmes here and he's like, well, if you fall to the left or right, you're definitely dead. (laughs) If you fall down the middle, you have a small chance of not falling to your death, but it's a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's a maybe. Oh man. They're not the first ones to do it. Apparently someone, uh, Jim Zeller's a snowboarder in the year 2000 is the first to have descended it, the upper wow. section, but no one is known to have attempted the entire descent from peak to Valley. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. So yeah, stop that. That's the terrifying part. I can't fall because I'll just go over the rock face that I'm trying to repel down. <sighs> Yeah. And you have to successfully stop, get your gear out, and rappel down. Like that's a lot that of terrifying a whole things. Whole another layer of complexity to the the situation. Yeah, talk and about Trilano, making your turns count, right? Yeah, he said he's been ski uh, dreaming about skiing the dome since his family moved to Yosemite when he was five years old. Very cool. Yeah, Made and it happened. Uh, yeah, and he's you know a climber, so he's you know climbed it before. And then he later became a ranger at the park. Nice. And like a lot of these people who do these sort of crazy descents or ascents, he said, it's just always been there. And I've been attracted to Half Dome for as long as I can remember. You know, like Sir Edmund Hillary. Why'd you climb Mount Everett? Because it was there. That's right. 
Yeah. So congratulations. Congratulations to successfully doing that. Kind of crazy. It looks terrifying. You got to watch it. Like just picture yourself there and, and you'll be a little like the hairs will stand up on the back of your head while you're watching it back of your neck. Yeah. It's forehead, you know, (laughs) whatever you got, whatever Whatever you got got hair on, it's going to stand up. Let's just put it that way. Standing up. That's right. Speaking of standing up, we're going to go roll right into our main topic. Now we had a fantastic interview where we spoke with our new friend, Abe Maynard, and he has a super cool thing called ski system. What that is, is, well, I'll let him describe it. We had a great chat. He has a ski specific fitness system that he's launching in the next probably two months. I think it's coming out around April, maybe early May. Yeah. I thought you said mid April, maybe. Yeah. And if you are a serious skier, if you want to get in better shape for skiing, if you want to have more fun doing it, which I know that's kind of been a big focus of ours here is how do we get, how do we get in better shape and how do we ski better as we're getting older? Cause we're all getting older. We're all trying to stay healthy, prevent injuries, get in shape. Abe has this awesome system. Talk to him about it and we hope you all enjoy it. So here's Abe from the ski system. All right. And we have a very special guest interview this week. We have Abe Maynard, who is from the ski system, getskisystem.com. He's also on Instagram at the ski system. Abe, thank you so much for joining us. Dude, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I've been really looking forward to getting on here and chatting it up with you guys. Yeah, I'm psyched we were able to make this happen relatively quickly from when you reached out to us. And uh, I'm yeah. glad you reached out, and I'm, we're, great, we're happy to have you. And as we kind of talked about before the podcast started, we had a whole big plan last spring to do a whole thing about fitness and nutrition. And then, of course, the world ended, and we ate a bunch of Ben and Jerry's and drank a lot. and Ate a lot. Ate drank a lot. lot more. Did some stupid stuff. But now, you know, a little bit of weed and then just, you know, kind of forgot, like we're, we're flattening the curve. We're getting back to real life. Um, It's It's within reach. Yes. We can smell it because it's been about a year. It's almost exactly a year when everything started falling apart this week, this first, second week in March. So let's hear about the ski system. What is it? And what's your background? Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in Steamwood Springs, Colorado. I was a competitive mobile skier there for going on like 12 years was nine spots from the U S team my senior year. And so I just like skiing was my, it was like, wake up, think about skiing, go to sleep, think about skiing, eat skiing for breakfast, drink skiing all day long. It's like, it's all I thought about. And as a result to compete at a high level like that, physical training is paramount to your success. You know, if you have a successful off season, you get strong, you build strength, your body functions better, you perform better and you're at less risk of injury than your ability to perform in the season. And then, you know, achieve greater results throughout is much greater. And so I think I just kind of fell in love with training because I saw immediate application for it. Um, Kind of fast forward through a bunch of different things. And I ended up falling back into that as my professional career for like the last nine years. I was working for Equinox out of Los Angeles, doing personal training with all types of clients from celebrity clients to your average person just looking to lose a couple pounds to people that ski in the winter, mountain bike in the summer, kind of the whole gamut. Equinox organization, right? Because they have those in the city. Like that's the real deal. Like that means you're one of the top dogs 
Thank <laughs> you. you. Yeah, there. it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the it's the best. I would say Equinox is for sure like the number one offering in the luxury fitness space. Like it's yeah. significant notches above like a twenty four hour LA Fitness. They pump a ton of money and resources into like continuing education and making sure that like all the trainers that they have meet certain standards as you progress through. So better than Planet over- Fitness. Better a little bit. <laughs> ben Stiller is not working there. Are so, we, is uh, it, <laughs> can we judge you at Equinox? Is that allowed? <laughs> it, 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 you can want to tread lightly. <laughs> you know? uh, no tootsie rolls, none of that pizza. Like, that was one of the reasons I wanted to go there is because of the continuing education to learn. Like, okay, how do I take my whole upbringing as a skier? Learn how to actually train people individually because they're very different things. You can be a, an amazing athlete and have no idea how to, you know converse that to individuals and then this last the pandemic thing happened and training got flipped upside down on its head all the gyms closed across the country and i was just kind of looking like what speaks to me and this idea popped into my head like hey maybe there's like millions of skiers out there who are kind of like they get up a bunch of days a year, but they're not either. They're not like living directly in the ski town or they're going on trips. or they're jumping out for two weeks here, or they are someone who's living in a ski town and they're just looking to like, I don't want to get hurt, you know, because that ruins everyone's season. You blow ACL. Not only is that season completely destroyed, but you're now rehabbing, you're in PT. It's in the back of your head every time you click back in your skis. And I just wanted to help eliminate that by helping people all over the world, learn how to actually train for the sport, just for skiing. Well, so I mean, we've, heard, we've heard people say that they've gone through PT after an injury and the PT's not gotten them in good shape for skiing necessarily, right? Because you're, you're yeah. doing range of mode, you're doing different exercises as well too. So, yeah. 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 It's with, I think the issue is, and, and physical therapy has such a great place, right? I mean, it, it literally helps people go from being completely injured and incapacitated to getting back on their feet and moving. The problem is a lot of times you're dealing with someone who doesn't do the things you do. So Mario comes into me, he's blown his ACL. I'm the PT guy. I'm working with his insurance. I got to get him moving again. And I'm like, what do you do, Mario? Oh, I love to ski. I ski like 70 days a year. And if, unless I'm a skier, that's like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to run this guy through the motions to get his knee to flex and extend and move. But I'm not thinking about it like an actual skier. Like skiing is extremely specific. It involves lots of speed, gravity, edge control. You have to understand where, how the body stacks over the bindings, how you move, right? All these things really matter when you're trying to rehab something. And I want to ski like a baller, not like a little, little baby. I'm not pizza French frying down. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't want to take breaks. Like you want to ski. Yeah. yeah. You know, Only so, got a few months uh, a year to do it. So you got You want to maximize it. Especially this year. Mm. I mean, yeah. if you can get a lift ticket, this is a year get, to yeah. get your elective surgery and, and just get the knee operated on. <laughs> just rehab. It should really be an episode about you need to go. Get, if you want to get surgery, this is the time. Now's the time to get it. You should have blew it out last March. That would have been perfect. <laughs> blow it out. And then COVID hits. You're like, this is perfect. Oh, Everything's what? coming up. Perfect for me. Yeah, I, I heard horror stories of people going up to mammoth. Um, and it was just by the time that they lifted the ban, the whatever statewide ban, it was so many people that hadn't been able to ski yet all rushing up there that they, it was, I mean, might as well just not have gone. Like the lift lines were insane. Wow. They were starting to shut down 
Mammoth and people were going to June. And so then traffic got really bad. So you had like LA traffic up in Mammoth. I mean, it's a mess. So, so if you're a new you hand out cards in the, in the lodge then. <laughs> instead of, <laughs> you're going, you're need this later. well, instead of the ambulance chaser, you could be like the hospital, the, am, the well, the ambulance chaser, but a different kind, not the lawyer kind, the kind <laughs> who's <true>. trying <laughs> to rehab you. <laughs> awesome. So where are you based right now? So I live in Encinitas, California now. Um, I was in Steamboat for like 12 years, went to Boulder College, and then I moved out to LA pretty much right away. So in essence, I'm a little bit more of like a weekend warrior at this point in my career, but um, I love it down here. I mean, I get on a plane and I'm in the snow and no problem. And I don't have to deal with all the winter aspects <laughs> that I grew uh, to I hate hear you, when I was man. a kid. <laughs> I hear you, man. It's that's what I do now, but it's so just been tough to travel right now. So on yeah, this podcast, I am the farthest north and I am in New Jersey. <laughs> so that's that's and where are you, Mario? I'm in uh Clearwater, Florida. Okay, yeah. So we we're we're enjoying <laughs> the sun nonstop, right? <laughs> that's right. I bike every day, I beach it, you know. It was yeah. 24 degrees and windy this morning, and most of the northeast, the lifts were shut down because the wind was so strong. Dude, it but, got to 78 degrees in the room that I work out of today. I had to put yeah, the AC on. Today. <laughs> That's like, I, I went to Sun Valley for a little ski trip like uh, three weeks ago, and I'm, I'm going back in another week, and it was so easy. I jumped on the plane in San Diego. I was there in like two hours, skied a bunch nonstop. There's pretty much no one there because people aren't yeah. traveling as much to go ski, and the lift tickets are super cheap. That's awesome. So you, get, like, you, can, you can go in and just... That's kind of like, I think in essence, what the ski system really solves is for that person. Like everyone's got this skier that they've always been up here, right? But if I go and I try to ski like 18 year old me and it's my first day on snow, like I'm going to, something bad's going to happen. I know it. So at least this way you can like prep your body for that time to give yourself a little bit of a head start when you get there. Yeah, at my primary job, I actually I work with a lot of people that like to ski, but they're definitely weekend warriors and they're definitely not in any kind of great shape. And the yep. comment that just it it makes me cringe and I hate they're like, oh, I just had to ski a few days to get my ski legs back. I'm like, you don't get your ski legs back. You're out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're yeah. gonna hurt There's, yourself. I, <laughs> you know, I think the idea of like the idea of ski legs doesn't it's not necessarily true you can't ski yourself into ski shape it just yeah, doesn't that's what people they, say that uh, comment for. yeah people do they, say they that do. you hear it all the time but the the thing about skiing is one it's extremely specific the the position that you're in and in skiing locked into a fixed thing that limits your range of motion there's no you don't do that unless you are an idiot and you're walking around your office with your ski boots on, right? So like, <laughs> hey, 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 don't judge I would, me. I wouldn't judge me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sorry to. Add now that I'm working from home, you know? right now going, yeah. I thought that was okay. How about that guy who did the uh, marathon a couple years ago in London in ski boots? What? Did you see that? Is this yes, like verified or verified? <laughs> you smoke up my ass, and I would no, know otherwise. No, totally legit. This dude, he ran yes, the London marathon in ski boots. And I don't even know how to feel it, about I that. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I respect his insanity in a way, yeah, but that's what it is. did he qualify I, for the London Marathon without ski boots? Because I think he should have had to wear the ski boots to qualify. Ooh, that's what I'm go. thinking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, He's an orthopedic you, surgeon too, Paul Harnett. Yeah, don't go to that guy if uh, <laughs> if you ever have an orthopedic issue. <laughs> And His, the funniest thing is he actually broke the record for a marathon in ski boots. So there had already been a 
level. Someone had set a time and he broke it. It's a thing. There's it's other thing. people doing this. Five hours and 30 minutes. Not too shabby. Okay. I think I think you can marathon yourself in ski boots into ski shape. There we'll you go. Squash that. There you I go. Think that's we how have you flipped do it. the script in the, 10 minutes in. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> now, that said, he did raise 10,000 pounds for the British Paralympic Association and World Orthopedic Concern. <sighs> Man, I, t- okay, I take nice, all the though. bad things back. So we took Man, it all maybe he's not such a jerk. <laughs> We've gone full <laughs> <Yeah>. circle. <laughs> Damn it. I'm like, okay, yeah, just maybe when I'll you go think you got a pair my boots. I'm just wondering if he like, did he go to Surefoot? He got like custom foot beds? Like, what sort of? Just out of maybe you can do some cursory research here, but did a snowboarder not do it first? I feel like those boots are much oh, more yeah. familiar. Yeah. That's not even. It has to be a snowboarder that did it. That's first, not even a challenge. Definitely. Uh, yeah, seriously. That's like that they, actually they, might be more enjoyable. I'm sure Burton <laughs> makes running shoes, and he's like, "Oh yeah, they're snowboard boots." Yeah. Right. Seven thousand dollar Arcteryx snowboard boots for carbon fiber. Yeah. Are these good for a marathon? You going to get fitted? <laughs> uh, I'm going to wear these for a marathon. Maybe two. Is it, are these okay? Now, if if we've raised the level, you got to do it with the skis on next time. Yeah, Imagine a back running skis. Shuffle, ski shuffle. Snow blades, perhaps. The could work. You got to put skins on. You lose this, the traction. <laughs> That's true. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I guess, so you have, you, you were a competitive freestyle skier. Then you went to training. Now you have your system. Yeah. How much has training for skiing changed from when you were, you know, in your high school competitive years to now? It's uh, such a good question. I, that I think is really what ultimately led me to this is, um, I just think back to the stuff that we were doing and I think just training as an industry was not very progressive. I back then. So I was in high school in 2007, the gym, you go in a gym in 2007 and there's a lot of people waiting for the next piece of equipment, it's kind of circuit training plus some elliptical or some bicep curls or something like that. Right? I think about it's it. I'm sorry, like, guys. Whenever I think of an old gym, I think of the, the guy with the with the belt that's vibrating. That old... Oh, like the uh, waist shaker? Yeah. No, no. What uh, the hell was that about? Where they stand in it and it goes like yeah. this. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's always like the really there, fat guy. There just those like... everywhere. That's what <laughs> gym was With those like. giant trapezoidal weights that the guys are lifting up? <laughs> that the handlebar mustache? <laughs> that step classes, that's it. Even in like... Uh, so I, I had, I was part of a winter sports club. We had a designated training area and coaches and Olympic lifting, everything like the full shebang, but it was just very, I would call it archaic is kind of just sets of this reps of that squat with a barbell, press with a barbell, do some lunges, something like that. Functional training, at least in the, that I was exposed to this idea of functional training is like training movement patterns that your body actually goes through. So if you watch, it all developed from developmental kinesiology of watching children and how they move. So if you watch a baby move, they do everything perfect. They can walk around on all fours. They get go ass to grass when they squat, they can roll over, they can lunge, they can put their hands straight up overhead. And then as we get older and we work in offices and we get on our phones and all stuff, we start to just progressively lose ranges of motion and mobility in our body. Functional training is, this hope to kind of regress us back into a more mobile, stable body through different training principles. Because this now exists, you're seeing it a lot more in strength and conditioning programs for skiing or how it may vary from football, from basketball, because like I said, skiing is very specific. 
it involves elements that aren't present in other sports or they are, but in different degrees. So you're seeing the training change a lot and it changes by discipline. So a mogul skier, for example, is going to have a very different training program than a GS athlete, partially because you look at like top to bottom GS run in the Olympics versus the time it takes to complete a mogul run. It's like 24 seconds in a mogul run to a little over a minute or so in a GS run that's a completely different demand on your muscles and like what you're asking your body to do. So both those athletes have to be conditioned in very different ways. It's like, if you were in football, it's like training a center versus like a kicker. Totally, totally wildly different conditions, right? Completely different bodies. And now I think even if you're, so someone might be listening going, yeah, but I don't want to go to the Olympics. Right. So what does it matter for me? But whether you're going to the Olympics or not, you're going to start on the top of the hill and you're going to come down to the bottom. And a lot of shit's going to happen on the way. A lot of people are going to get in your way. Trees are going to show up. Conditions are going to change. Terrain's going to elevate. It's going to depress. You're going to drop off something. You're going to experience ice, slush, like whatever. All those things are going to happen to an Olympic athlete and you all the same. You're both just going to handle it differently. And so I think that's where ski-specific training becomes really important whether you're 90 days on the hill a year or you do a couple kind of work trips with your, you know, your team and you guys go to Utah for like two weeks a year or something like that. So that's where it'll, it'll be specific. And I think it will change much as it has over the past now 10 years. So. Well, I think like you said before, like more than ever now, it's, it's going to be like very necessary because, you know, whether you're a weekend warrior, like we were talking or you're, like a promising athlete that maybe isn't in a big program, you especially during COVID right now, you got to keep in shape, right? For that time oh, yeah. that you do get on the hill, you know, it's, it's more limited now than ever. Right. Yeah. And I like the, the, the tagline that I say is kind of corny, but it's very true is that there's no off season for the ski season. Like when the ski season ends, what do we all do? Usually we pick up mountain bikes or we run or, or we do. So we find something in the off season, um, making sure that you do those kind of things are really important. Mountain biking is especially great because it involves speed and, and eye coordination. So you're descending at speed and you're navigating things that are going on. If you can train your eyes and your body to respond like that, you're going to, you're going to see that on the hill because that's all skiing is, is you're cruising down the hill and you're making decisions really, really fast. So training your body to be strong through multiple planes of motion, not just this way, but also in rotation sideways up and down, and then choosing sports in the off season that help further those skill sets. Would you say, you know, is there, I'm guessing, you know, you probably don't want to give too much away about your, your program. Um, but I guess, is there any cardio exercise that you think is the best thing for skiing? Would it be mountain biking? Cause I know we, uh, we talked to some of the folks from rollerblade a couple of years ago and they have their skate to ski program. Um, you know, swimming. I just got an aero ski last year, like that little, like ghetto skiers edge. Have you seen that? What's, like the, where it goes like this. Yeah. It goes back and forth. Right. Yeah. So, I, um, what, is that called a ski Cosmo? Ski Cosmo. Yeah. I sent you the, I don't know if I sent you the link to that. I think I just mentioned it. That's a place. I think it's in either Vancouver or Victoria. They have a giant I, I treadmill. Follow them. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh my God. My wife's like, look how cool this is. I'm like, wow. I wonder if they sell this. I'm like, no, you can rent like an hour session for like 200 bucks. 
So I'm sure it costs oh, like $30,000 or whatever. I'm totally wow. making those numbers up. But yeah, it's like a really <laughs> very... Throw it out. Let's just go with it. Those are facts. It's yeah. $30,000 an hour. Like Michaela Schifrin's training on it. So it's probably something I can't afford. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, is there anything... I mean, is it is it any is it really possible to mimic skiing in any way that's not actually skiing or is there anything that gets you as close as you you possibly well, can i'll try uh, i'll try not to get like super in the weeds here because when you're talking about cardiovascular training then you're also talking about heart rates when you talk about heart rates you can get very scientific like too quick and then it just doesn't make sense but the biggest thing to think about with skiing is that the answer to that question has a lot more to do with the individual because there's, there isn't one best form of cardio. It's not that, Hey, every skier out there, buy a rower machine and just, just start rowing right. there, unfortunately. Right. But if you, if you take the average skier, I think what they're looking to get out of the answer to that question is I don't want to feel like this <laughs> at the bottom of a run. Right. That's their understanding of cardiovascular conditioning means breathing less heavy when I'm done doing the thing that I love to do. And so if you're getting down to the bottom of a run and you feel completely worked, chances are that your work for mostly one reason, and that's that your legs can't repeatedly produce the same action without demanding more and more oxygen, which causes you to breathe more. So you need to be able to improve your, basically like your lung capacity your respiratory function, but you also need to improve your leg endurance together. Rowing actually does happen to be a really good solution for that because your knees flex and extend. That's what drives the power for the row movement. But then because it's full body in nature, it jacks up your heart rate. And so you demand more oxygen as you do it. Mm -hmm. So rowing becomes really useful because it's multi-joint, it's compounded movement, it elevates your heart rate, and then you can control the pace really easily. So if you're cruising down a groomer, the heart rate's kind of moderate. You hit moguls, wham, wham, wham. It's all power. Heart rate spikes through the roof. That would be simulated by really starting to pull as hard as you can and then backing it off. You're back on the groomer. So things like rowing, running uphill is another really good example. So trail running is great because the pitch is going to change as you go and therefore it's going to affect your heart rate as you go on the run. The other nice thing about trail running is that when you come down, you're doing that hand-eye speed coordination thing again. So you're running, you're navigating rocks. You don't want to roll your ankle. You're watching where the trail grows goes. So your, your eyes and your body are having to work together to get the thing done. And that's very much like skiing. So the best thing to do with cardio is choose the thing that you can do and find the frequency that'll get you to do it. Cause you can go out, you can buy brand new running shoes, get six surefoot insoles, compression socks, really short shorts, awesome headband. <laughs> And then go like I fucking hate running, man. Mm-hmm. And then you're never gonna run. So that's get all your stuff form of cardio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you like boxing, get a boxing bag. Then then boxing becomes the best form of cardio because you're actually gonna do it. So the best form becomes the thing that you will do because if you'll do it and you enjoy it, you'll find consistency. And if you find consistency, then it's gonna help you when you get back on snow. Well, I know I do a lot of road biking in the off season, and awesome. one of the big things I use is the like my. I have my little computer and I watch my heart rate all the time because it tells me yeah. when I'm redlining, when I'm going to, you know, if I redline too, too far, I know I'm going to just come down and be gassed out. So yeah. is that something that could help people too? watching their heart rate and training 
to make sure that you keep your heart rate in the right zone almost? Yeah. And one, I mean, I guess it depends how much time someone has and, and how much they're willing to invest, but skiing with a heart rate monitor is actually a really useful way, especially now as we're in, you know, well, now we have the Apple watch. I skied less than, uh, Utah right. yeah. with the Apple watch. And I would look at it once and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's not too bad. You know? Yeah. It'll show you. So if you, now we're in what month is it? March, right? March. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Already. <laughs> we got a month and a half left for ski season for most mountains. I mean, if you're out there, like grab a heart rate monitor, they're 50 bucks or something on Amazon and wear it and just use Strava or something like that. And just start to collect data and see, and you'll go, Oh, wow. Every day that I ski, my heart rate's at like 130. Okay. 130 is like a moderate heart rate. So what can I do as someone who's training now to improve my like moderate zone heart rate to be able to perform longer at that spot? And one way to do that is to then just replicate that in training. So if you find yourself in the gym and you're able to keep your heart rate at or near that same level that you're doing, what you'll notice most when you get back on snow, after you get the adjustments of being back in your boots, the pain on your shins, that your bottom of your feet hurt, like all those things that we deal with, then you'll have that fitness level because you trained it in the off season. Road biking is awesome. Again, like rowing, it's great because it's your legs move individually of each other which is like skiing, no matter what, one foot's always higher than the other. As you I noticed growing, I sweat instantly. So that's always good. <laughs> that's, but you don't want to do that when you're skiing because then it'll get yeah. cold. And now you can buy <laughs> garments for you know $1,000 that suck all your sweat off and put it back in the atmosphere. Finally. <laughs> Finally. That's right. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, you know, I, I love your comment about you. You find something you like and you'll keep doing it. But it seems like the stuff that benefits you the most is the stuff that's the hardest. But Not necessarily. Uh, well, sitting on the couch eating <laughs> ice cream <laughs> is easy. Okay. Ben yeah, and Jerry by the five, five gallon just, bucket. But I am right. going to say, like, like, I follow people like Jocko Willink, and they're like, oh, you're not motivated to, to work out today? <laughs> Too goddamn bad. Like, you know what? Like, that's life, man. Like, you got to find your motivation. And the I know so many. What are you willing to give to dude, get what you want, right? So many people, you know, it's like you're into. You're, you hang up your skis in May. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll start working out in October. And then, you know, the summer goes by. I don't me like, as soon as I'm done skiing, I get pissed off as ski season's over and I start working out harder. My problem is I have your old gym mentality. Like I still do the bench press. Like, I'm not that it's bad, but like, I still do a lot of the old stuff that I've always that done. Vibrating belt, right? The, I get the, the vibrating belt. belt. I'm like, <laughs> it's amazing. Catch a bowling well, ball. Honestly, I mean, this is like tie bow like, tapes. Like I'm doing Billy blanks now. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that, that's so many people like just don't know what to do. And they go, yeah. well, I'll just, do what I've always done. And I, I know I get frustrated with that because you want to, like, I love skiing so much while well, we have this podcast, obviously, but like, I, I think about like, how am I, how, what am I doing right now? That's making me get better at skiing. And I try to like, I've been trying to find new workouts and new stuff. And that's why when you wrote to us, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy has like, you have the history, the knowledge that now you have the system together. So does, I guess when you, people came to you and your clients is it pretty much you tell them like what you're going to how they're going to ski and you can customize a program for them so i i didn't want to interrupt you but like it's built for you this is what the ski system the place in the industry that i, have a, exactly I am your clay i am your piece <laughs> yeah. of clay That's yeah <laughs> um without the ben and jerry's like, like Brian. <laughs> i i know what to do 
I did it as an athlete for 12 years and I've done it as a trainer for nine. So all the answers are up here. Now I'm putting them into a website that give them to you. Like I'm going to solve that problem for you because you don't know what to do and why should you? And it would take you, you know, 24 combined years to figure the answer out for that. Right. So yeah. instead of getting stuck and, and going back into our loops, the things we learned in high school, or you worked out with your friend's brother, cause he was strong and he taught you how to bench press the wrong way. And so you've just done that <laughs> for 30 years. Like Never shorts the gym, there. only sweatpants, <laughs> sweatpants, and tank tops. Yeah. yeah. Sweatpants and tank tops. Leg days. Uh, Never leg day. That guy. This will I... basically take you. Pack. Like if you, if you've never been on the ski system.com or get ski system.com, sorry. It'll basically walk you through a funnel of like your exercise history, your ski skill level, your frequency that you're willing to work out, your time commitment, what equipment you have available in or around your house. Like I, I want to make this as simple as possible and strip all the excuses out of it to make it not fun. And then guide you based on those things, that funnel into the suggested program. And I'll have, I'm still writing some of them, but there will be over 55 programs on there that are individualized based on those factors. So you can go, uh, I used to ski, you know, for 15 years. Now I ski four or five times a year or so, and I have only dumbbells and I don't know what to do. Okay, cool. How many days are you willing to commit? I only want to do it twice. Would you like to do cardio? No, I hate cardio. Okay, cool. Here's your program. And it, it literally, it'll spit it out for you. There's 300 plus exercise videos that show, hey, click on this hyperlink. This is exactly what it's supposed to look like, how you should do it, the form breakdown. So that you don't have to worry about like, am I doing this right? Or because that's a big barrier for people. It's like, okay, great. I have a program now, but I don't know what the hell this stuff is. Like, I don't know how to do that. And I don't want to do it wrong because then I'm going to get hurt. And then it's worse than not doing it in the first place. So that's where like magazines are limited because it's always like, hey, men's totally. journal. It's like, oh, hey, here's the workout you do. And it shows like two pictures of the exercise. And you're like, the guy's legs like the size of a Mack truck and he's <laughs> yeah. squatting his best friend. And you're like, I, you know, <laughs> now like, I'll pass. How do you that's show cool. someone how to do a Turkish get up with a picture? You're just yeah. like, what is he doing? He's like up and yeah. then he's on the floor. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, so in a, in a, uh, in the right way, I think that the ski system will handhold everyone. It, it'll show you this kind of stuff without making it overwhelming, and it'll give you something to do that's concise, that's effective, consistent, and it'll prepare you for the sport you love, so that when it comes back around, it's not another off season where it was you know too many beers or whatever, and things fell by the wayside, and you didn't make time because we've all had seasons like that. So. The other thing is if you pick up the Ben and Jerry's cup faster and scoop quicker, you'll expel more calories in a shorter amount of time. <laughs> Perfect. So. Perfect. Well, my new thing is if I'm going to eat the whole pint. I got to do a couple pushups between spoonfuls. Wow. That's, that's huge. Just cultivating mass, bro. I'm not going to lie. The other night I bought a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and it was cherry Garcia and it was fucking great. Oh, and I stuff. love it. My wife's okay to do that, and people need to know that it's okay. It's okay. To you don't have to My feel bad or shame yourself, right? Just that. accept it, get it out of your system, and then work out harder. My wife got three yesterday because they were on sale. This is why I'm talking Ben and Jerry's because it's on sale. Mario, you're losing money. Right, how many, if, you, if you were hanging strict, just yes. body weight, how many pull ups do you think you could do like uh, chin over the bar? Chin over row? the bar, probably about 12 to 15. Okay, so you, Ben and Jerry's cup. I want you to duct tape it to the ceiling with the number 14 on it. 
And when you get your, when you can do 14, then you're allowed to have the Ben and Jerry's. See, I like that. Yeah. I remember reading, motivation. I think it's motivation. I thought you were going to say like, put the ice cream upside down and make sure I go all the way up and stick my tongue out and get the bite. At the <laughs> Actually, top of each you'll bowl. probably hit the goal faster if you <laughs> do it that way. <laughs> Until it melts on my face. I'm just yeah. sitting on the floor crying with no shirt on, grabbing my fat rolls. I remember well, reading it's a great, it. That's a dark, that's a dark that, picture. That's a very dark place. But I remember well, hearing Kim Kardashian back in the day said she, when she ate, she would eat naked in front of a mirror. Because then, you know, if she's like, I just look terrible. Like, I, I'll have to like call my surgeon. A, is it a two-way or a... I wish. I think this maybe. is probably even before, that like, was actually, six She cameras. would sit by her front window and do that. She thought it was a mirror. <laughs> you know, yeah. She's at night, 40? and she thought it was a mirror. You know Dude. She's 40? She's 40. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Blew my mind. I found that out yesterday. Blew That's my mind. Amazing. Listen, well, if, you have, if you have a $2 million plastic surgery budget every year, yeah. you know... We'd all look that yeah. amazing at and a personal age. trainer, and you got time to yeah. train. It's a whole different bargain. But I like your idea about you know you you try to get something tailored to what somebody's willing to do, right? Because you always get these people that jump into the workout fad beginning of the year, and how like, many Pelotons go. has Peloton sold in the last <laughs> quarantine? And they get hyped up, and they do it for a week, and then they're sore, they're achy, it sucks, they hate it, and they quit. You know, yeah. Uh, it, it, and that's what the industry, a lot of, a lot of the industry, the gyms and, you know, the, that are selling these memberships, they're like, Oh no, come on in, get some training, do all this stuff all at once. And it burns them out. And I saw over the last nine years that I was doing that professionally and still do, I still train people virtually. So I have like my previous client book and one thing that's consistent is if the, if the thing ahead of you is too difficult or it doesn't make sense or it's not built correctly so that it gets too hard at the wrong spot. All the, everyone who is starting something for the first time in fitness, they're one excuse away from walking away for who knows how long. And it's not, oh, it's raining fault. out. It's I'm just, never going to the gym again. It happens, <laughs> it snowed. Right? I don't want to go out. It's cold. You hit that point where it's like, this is, it's just hard because the reality is it is, it's tough. Yeah. You're changing your body. You're breaking down muscle to make it stronger. It has to break down for it to repair. None of this is easy. So the thing that helps people find success is just finding what you can do. That's really important, especially during a time like the pandemic. You don't have a gym. You don't have the fancy equipment. If you have a kettlebell and some space on the floor and you're committed, now you have everything that you need. But it's just, it's that minimum frequency, like whatever the thing is that you can commit to that a year from now, you're still going to be doing that amount. And then if you want to throw stuff on top, sure. If you're feeling up for it, you want to go for a run on the weekend. That's awesome. But find that minimum amount and just commit to doing that. Even if it's 30 minutes a week, like you got to trust in your starting point and then only build on top of it when you're feeling good. But you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head with the, the fad things, especially now, because there are so many opportunities to join a new thing or to get into a new class or try this workout or before now, it was, yeah, you now had things are go. opening up and the, and the summer's coming. People are, Oh, I'm going to go take a yep. vacation on the beach. I need to lose some pounds. And the fat starts all over again. You know, the, the diet and the exercise, right? Gyms love January. It's yeah. The best time of the year. Seriously. <laughs> it's like clean sure. up. 
yeah, you just you you barely touch the price on membership and people just flood through the door. And then what Jim's bank on is that those people that they know aren't going to come in February don't cancel the membership. Yeah, they're supporting the rest of the gym. Like well, times they lock you in for a year too, and you're yeah, everyone's yeah. excited to show up we early. Like, they were at a at the Equinox I worked at. I think there were about forty five hundred members ish, and we wow. would get twelve hundred a day. Wow, and that's it. And those other thousands of people, they just, just contributed. Here's your money. Yeah, free so, money. Yeah. I mean, when I was my fattest at one point, I was about 215, which is pretty big for me. I'm like 175 now. So a lot of biking and working out. Uh, that was Fat Mario. I used to eat the J bombs, the. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Refer, hold on. Did you just refer to yourself in the third person? Yes. Like Fat Mario. Yeah. With the you? adjective Fat, Fat Mario. Yes. Fat Mario like, was back there. I'm going to use that later. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I used to eat like just all sorts of just junk food. I used to order out a lot. And it was just you get into this rut. And I remember going to the gym one time after like a year of never going. And I was like, I haven't gone to the gym in like a year, maybe longer. Like, and I went like once and then I didn't go for like another six months. And it was like, wow, mm-hmm. what turned it around was the divorce and uh, getting on the bike. There you go. <laughs> and, and getting skiing. back to skiing. Yeah. I started right? skiing yeah. again. Yep. Well, you see, you see what you need. Like you go out and you ski and you're like, wow, I just got wrecked. Yeah. By that. Why? That, why did that happen? I never used well, I didn't ski that. for about 10 years. And then I took up skiing again. And that was you it. Actually I was like, lived on this a ski is what hill. I need. That was the yeah. craziest thing. You lived in a condo on a Where ski were you? Yeah. In New Jersey, Where? though. Okay. <laughs> I understand. New Jersey is like the one place I've never skied. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people necessarily ski there. They go down a hill. But, but, but I, I assure Instagram, you, everybody, so everybody shows up. Well, we had a, we had a big dump a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I went the yeah. next day. Everybody from the most populous state, which is New Jersey, was there. And it was just, I will tell you, I have never seen so many people drinking beer in a lift line than that day. <laughs> you saw a guy urinate in line, right? I saw a guy walk less than five feet off the line and just take a piss. <laughs> That if, awesome. if if you want a perfect little like description of what New Jersey is, it's those two things. <laughs> yeah. yeah but you're in, no one's going to say anything to that guy, right? Exactly. Just like, just like, well, what's well, uh, funny? There's a girl behind me, and I'm like, look at this. You're getting a free show over here. Yeah. She started laughing. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, it's not really a show. She's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But, <laughs> yeah, no, one wants to, <laughs> no one wants to see this guy. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Now, but midweek, yeah. it's not bad, though. You get a nice, quiet day. You go out. That's perfect. That's when you go alone. You just <laughs> leave everybody behind. Just get out. You're not missing skiing in New Jersey. I, I completely assure you. Yeah, I went, we had uh, nationals were in Killington my senior year. And okay. uh, right. I got. We got lucky because it was like late March, almost April. So it was a little softer. But I remember skiing. The course is great. They still have the mobile course on that same run. But I remember doing some it's laps around the mountain. And I'm like, man, this snow sucks. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> There's a lot of ice so everywhere. That's, if, you that's... Can, if you can ski East Coast mobiles, you're okay. like the sky's the limit. You can literally ski anywhere. <laughs> We uh, that was where Mario and I did our share house for like th- four years. Three years uh, four Killington, years. yeah, that Game was like, Killington. yeah, we were there every other weekend, maybe we every weekend. Snow, that little waffle place, the little waffle place at the bottom. The waffle yeah, cabin the waffle there. Hut. Yeah, yeah. Waffle house. Waffle cabin. Yeah, 
Off of cabin. But yeah, that, that right. we would like, so, you know, at first we were doing Mount Snow, which is a uh, smaller mountain a little further south in Vermont. And then we went to Killington and when we were going every weekend over the weekend. Like we got so much better and it got to the point where, yeah, we're banging down those mogul runs where, you know, we're getting through it. I mean, they were, you, you've been on it. You've seen how gnarly it is and how it's steep. It's nasty yeah. ice moguls. But like, that's the thing you start ticking those boxes like oh i can do this now it's like well what else can i do and i'm i know we've all had those days where you wake up you're like you feel like crap you're like i'm gonna ski like crap today you do the first run it's awful and then somehow you hit a run and you're like oh my god like how did i do that like just getting that that it's almost like golf too where like you know you have a lousy round of golf the last hole you nail a 20 foot putt you're like oh my god i'm coming back next week you know for sure no it's and funny you say go oh sorry go ahead go ahead no it's just like it's you never know what you can unlock and i know you know we're we're all getting older and my motivation now is i have a three-year-old son and a five-month-old daughter and i want to be there teaching them and skiing with them as they get to their formative years and that's keeping me super motivated and super excited i mean i've skied i think eight days this year and it's five been with my son and it's just me putting him on a leash and letting him bomb down and me trying to teach him to ski into me but like i want to i want to build that stoke and that excitement for the sport with him young and then teach him the off-season workout stuff too that's right i got i got him moving kettlebells around he's he's 45 pounds (laughs) it's over there (laughs) dude he's three and a half he's 45 pounds but he's like solid he's like picking up like uh 26 pound kettlebells and moving them around i'm like this kid (laughs) is gonna be a Anyway, yeah, he's a tank. Wow. He's a little yeah, tank. See, I'm telling you, it's because they have good mechanics. You yes, can, it's easy to pick something off the ground when you can hinge down and get it off the ground. It's hard to pick something off the ground when you bend over from your mid back and hoist the thing. Yeah, I'm worried about him dropping it on his toes. That's the big thing. Besides yeah, that, that he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Never hit into that one. That's for sure. That happens. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll have they'll uh they'll be skiing circles around you a little bit. That's why it's so important to stay stay active that's what's keeping me motivated yeah to keep in shape to be able to like you know not be that like you know fat useless dad we've all seen plenty of times like i don't want to be that guy mario from fat mario yeah we don't want to be the fat Fat mario Mario. (laughs) (laughs) fat fry with the ben and jerry's right the (laughs) some of those share house nights man two pints of ben and jerry's in a night i mean really one person one person, Fat Brian. Brian, that's hard to do. You After get, I, get, I would get sick. Oh, I could we out there for, but I would get sick. We well, went so out ben, there for two weeks, and I thought I had a tapeworm or something because I had like I had like <laughs> six meals a day. I, I was just burning up so many calories. I was like eating like six meals a day. I was like I had three like dinners one time. Yeah. It's like, I'm just so hungry. Before we did this podcast, like this was what inspired this podcast. We did our share house. We were out there for a whole week before Christmas. And it was like, nobody was there. We would ski all day. And then we would just like, just go out to dinner and pig out and I pray at night. And yeah, there was one night Mario had three dinners. Like he was just so hungry. I came home after the second, well, we had appetite. I had a bunch of appetizers, wings and stuff. Then I ate dinner and then I came home and I'm like, I'm still hungry. I made like an egg sandwich. I was like, I was just starving. I was like, is this something wrong with me? (laughs) How did you change that behavior? Oh, well, I I don't ski like every day anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. Like 215 to 175. That's a serious, like to lose that one is impressive. And the two to keep it off is legitimately awesome. Yeah. I just stopped the order and take out. Behavior change. Yeah. But yeah, I got heavy in like probably like within two years or so. And then I just decided I was like, I got to change what I'm doing. So I stopped eating, I stopped ordering out, started cooking at home more. 
Um, and then Great the big one. thing for me was I, I just started biking and then started skiing again. And that was it. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Start, that's I mean, biking thing. just shed, shed the weight for me. Yeah. And well, the divorce long, helped too. It's long motivation. Divorce too. helped too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll go out, I'll bike 50 helps. miles, no problem. You know, 50, yeah. 100 miles. So you do that much, you're just burning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's a sport that I wish people would take up more in their weight loss journey because it's, you can do it for a long time in, in per ride and you can keep the heart rate manageable. And if you're at those low heart rates, your body is going to metabolize fat pretty damn well. So yeah. you do that a couple of times it's a week enjoyable. and like it, it really yeah. does help lose fast. Yeah. But if you're not comfortable on a bike, you're not going to be comfortable riding. So it's got to get the, the really weird looking pants that everybody makes fun of the spandex. You got to get the chamois. Otherwise your ass is going to get chapped. You know, my buddy and I joke, cause we mountain bike in the summer and we'll do more like enduro stuff. Yeah. And I, I really do want to get into road biking, but I'm like, I'm going to become one of those the guys. Outfit. You don't one want of those guys. Weird shoes and the weird in. outfit. And yeah, I love gear. Like I love buying buying gear yeah. is like my favorite thing in the world. I like I'll get into a sport just so I can buy more fucking gear. <laughs> and I know well skiing is the right sport biking, for that, right? And biking. I know it's crazy. Well, then biking you start looking at bikes. You're like six grand on a bike. Yeah, that's you know let's let's spend that. But then again, Brian, you like, mountain I bike. Really need carbon spend a good amount on your hubcaps. <laughs> yeah. Don't you have those? Didn't you buy carbon fiber I'm wheels? Like, I'm like, how many people? I bought, I, I bought special wheels. Bikes. They go by at a stoplight and I'm like, there's no way that half of this group of dudes benefits from the tech on those. Bikes. Right. They just get it because no they way. have the money. It's yeah. The, the best is the fat guy with the carbon fiber wheels. It's like, bro, you could lose 10 pounds and just be fine on your regular wheels. So but I bought a set golf. of wheels. Like golf. Yeah. yeah. So okay, I bought a set of wheels that were more than the bike. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. They were, they How were about, about 1200 bucks wow for a set of wheels and that was on sale they were like clearance and they were like they were special wheels they were casera um whatchamacallit um what's the brand the, the casarian wheels that i got but um yeah they, they were they were about okay, as much as my bike because i got a low-end bike did so you now, notice a difference yes so okay, i use them when i do races or something like that like anything like competitive i'll use those but um I'm on like an old Trek. Like people look at it like, oh, it's a, it's a, you know, aluminum Trek. Like, oh, you don't have carbon fiber. I'm like, no, that's all right. And then I blow people away and they're like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got some nice fancy bike and you suck at riding it. You know, you're like the, uh, the guy you see in line I with the entry boots and the old skinny <laughs> skis who gets up there and just like rips through everything. Just rips through. That's right. Yeah. I like I like people noticing. Oh, you got a you got one of those bikes. You got oh, that's a that's an aluminum frame. I'm like, mm -hmm, yes. My <laughs> well, ass doesn't need to be pampered the way yours does on that carbon fiber. Dude, I one time this is such as it's a complete sidebar story, but it's exactly that thing happened. I went to play. I was in this phase where I was playing a lot of golf, and I had like I bought new golf shoes, and I got a nice putter, and I was taking lessons, doing all the shit that, of course, doesn't make you better. And this guy at my work was like, hey, we should play sometime. And I was like, cool, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go play the course I always play. And I'm I'm kind of walking into it like, I'm just going to scratch this guy. He shows up in sandals 
play nine <laughs> sandals actual sandals awesome. and i was like i was like you can change over in the clubhouse and he's like no i'm, I'm good to go this is what i got yeah it was a public course so i was it's you didn't have, like have to wear shoes yeah and I, I was like in my head i'm like oh, man this is just gonna be one of those days huh and i go and i tee off and i have like a decent shot and he gets up there and he a fucking obliterates <laughs> and i'm like you're like what the uh-huh. hell i was like okay fluke for sure that was like he got lucky and then it was like a caddyshack with chevy chase he's like no 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 you know and he's just thinking like getting everything putts. in just fully, fully like, zen in his sandals yeah <laughs> he just didn't i was like that's golf right there you care yeah. so much and you're just gonna suck and then the moment that you're like i hate golf whatever <laughs> you play in sandals and you shoot like a 60. Yeah. i was like okay so the gear is not what makes you better. <laughs> well, golf for me mentally, I check out at like whole 12 to 14. And then I'm just like, I just want to go. That's when the beers start going. I'm like, I'm done. I don't care if I'm shooting under, under par. It's done. That's it. Well, yeah, there's a certain not- like that guy. So, you know, there's a certain zenness he probably had to the game. He mm-hmm. wasn't freaked out. He wasn't like, didn't have his range finder and his, you know, $600 driver. Like he was just there. He was just being the ball. He was, you know, and there's something. I love the people with the, with the range finder that talks to them and all. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You got an yeah. assistant on this course? <laughs> but that's part of skiing too. Like there's something that's so Zen about it. And, you know, if you can't do things to make you better at it, like, why wouldn't you, you know, we're all, everyone's doing some yeah. sort of exercise. And if we, if you love doing it, you know, if you don't fine, whatever, but why listen to this podcast then? But if you're someone who is into it, like you want to do, you want to be better at the thing you love doing. So is there Equipment any sort of doesn't necessarily get you there? You got to put the time and energy in, right? Like, Show up. Got to work yeah. out. You got to. You got to get that exercise. The the right system for you, right? You know, I, I, it's funny we're talking about golf because I trained this guy, and this is a really good example of earlier I was saying like whether you're an Olympic athlete or not, or if you're just kind of the average person going skiing, like is this stuff really for you, or how how is it actually going to help you? And I trained this guy for. He actually came to me because he was going to do a mountaineering excursion in Washington that was three days, and he's like. I'm going with the corporate team and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm kind of freaked out because I, I like, I need to be ready for this thing. And I was like, I got you. I used to hike and ski and everything. So we, we put together this program and he went and they, they crushed the hike. And as a result, he's like, Hey, I just want to keep training because you know, my body feels really good. And I like where this is at. And he, it turns out he was an avid golfer and he took me um, to go play at his like country club one time. And we, we got to this hole and he set up and he hit the ball and he just stood there and he was like, wow. And I, I was like, that's super weird. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Hey man, is you okay? He's your like, moment. Oh, yeah. I was like, kind of, should I let him, I don't know what's going on. Let him enjoy his moment. <laughs> and he turns around and he goes, you know, I've played this golf course for 20 years and I've never driven that hill. And I know why that happened. It's be, it's not because we trained for golfing. It's because we trained mechanics. We trained like, can you improve range of motion? Cool. Can you strengthen the range of motion? Yes. Now, can you make that range of motion a little bit more powerful? Like, can you take someone who sits in a desk all day and get them to do a kettlebell swing and reverse the motion? And all these things transfer because if you take your body and you just make it better at standing, you're going to be better at skiing. If you take your body and you make it better at squatting, it's going to be better at skiing. So if then you take it and you just make it better at everything, 
by finding a minimal frequency that you're able to go and train. Then when you get on the hill, your body, you're going to move better. You're going to have better proprioception. You know where your body is in space. And so that thing, even if you did the wrong things, but you did them consistently, you're going to feel it 100% on the hill. Your body's going to function better as a unit. And so you're going to have a better time. And the stronger you get, the more that you fight the risk of injury, which is huge. Especially as we get older. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. 100%. And I think too, you know, one thing people often forget about, you know, people, well, some people still think that if you're, uh, you know, you want to work out, you want to take care of your body, you're stupid. You know, it's like a, you know, a Neanderthal kind of thing. But you know what, like if you like the story you just talked about, you know, someone getting better and the thing they love, they, they did better at, you know, playing golf. But again, it, it unlocks things in your brain too. You're like, wow, I did this and now I'm capable of this. What if I yeah. keep going in that direction and change what else am i capable of and i think it starts unlocking pathways in your mind and in in your what you're capable of doing you can break things down even as you get older now because again we have advanced so much in technology in our knowledge of how the body works nutrition supplementation and we're we're you know like they say the was it 30 is the new 20 and 40 is the new 30 like that's that's really true at this point because we are being able to maintain a higher level of performance as we get older if we do the right things if we care enough to do the right things and i think it's so cool like a program like yours catering to different levels of skiers to help you get better and keep doing the thing you love because you know we were out in um alta a couple years ago and we saw like the 70 plus year old ski club they were there at the same time there was a ton of them and there's one guy who's like, yeah, I'm 80 plus. I'm still part of this club, you know, it's, and they're getting out there. They're going after it. And, and they were care. skiing really well. That's, that's what they were you're just like, great. wow, you ski really well. Like it's just, so when I went, you have something Utah, that keeps you motivated, something that keeps you going, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's half the battle is finding the thing that you want to motivate you. And, you know, all of us here, we all love skiing and we all want, that's one of our, our things that we can use to motivate us. That's the carrot we can dangle in front of us to keep us going. Yeah. Yeah. They, they call it like finding your why. And that's, that's a really important factor for anyone that's going through. I mean, this is more on like the behavior change side of things and less, I think on the get ready to go ski for the winter, but maybe that is the why, like you, if you don't have an underlying driving force for the thing you're trying to accomplish, whether it's losing 30 pounds, it's becoming a better father and being able to be there for your kids as they get better at something and you want to be there to support them, whatever those things are, if there's not a reason underneath for why you're doing it, it's just not going to happen. You're going to hit that point where you're faced with this decision of like, this is hard. I don't like it. Like we've all had that in everything Mm -hmm. or, well, my why is stronger than the, this is hard. I don't like it. So I'm just going to keep doing it. doesn't matter. You know, if someone, you hear this all the time when people go in for a routine checkup and they find something that's, you know, extremely risky on their, on their body, or they have, you know, some sort of lump that they weren't expecting to find that time. And they're, they sit down with the doctor and are like, look, it's like this or like this. So the ball's in your court and those people change instantly because all of a sudden their why has grown exponentially because it's life or death. And so they it doesn't matter. You throw anything at them, they're going to overcome it because their driving force is more important. So with this, I think injury prevention is definitely going to be a big one for people is I don't like, cause I live this every day. 
if I'm going to go ski, you know, when I lived, when I was in high school, I lived on a ski mountain. I trained every single day. I was skiing, you know, umpteen days a year. And now I'll ski. I probably get out there like 20 times a year. Right. And and they're kind of like weekend trips. It's like a three day here, or four day there or whatever. Um, I do not want to get fucked up when I go. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because your, your livelihood depends on you being you got other capable. stuff. To do. Yeah. You can't yeah everything I like down. to do is surfing and riding bikes and hanging out with friends or, or just not being hurt. Being hurt sucks. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. If you, whether it's a, a slip in your disc, a bulge in your disc, an ACL, MCL, a tweak, whatever. And these, they happen at the dumbest moments. You're in the lift line. Someone comes behind you. They're not paying attention. They're going a little fast. They push you. Your ski goes right. You go left. You blow your ACL. Mm-hmm. Like that happens all the time. And it happens more frequently to the people that ski less frequently. So right. having that as a, a, a driving force for people of like, why should I train? Why is it important? That's one of the reasons for sure. Well, and the then, other thing too is if you do get injured, your chance of a quicker and better recovery is better if you're in better shape, right? Like yeah, because you have that muscle absolutely. tone, you have everything kind of the basis that you need. Yeah, if you have a full range of motion in a joint and you get injured and you lose it, you can get back to the full range. But if you had a limited range to begin with and then you get hurt, you're not going to get back full range. Right. You're going to get back to the limited range and then you're at ground zero again and then you can move forward. So it's it's definitely I, I I've been telling a lot of people too, like people reach out and they go, Why do I need to train like my upper body? It doesn't make any sense. The skiing is a lower body sport. True. So is mountain biking until you hit a rock because you clipped out of your pedals, right? All of a sudden it's upper body sport because your shoulder is the first thing that's going to hit the ground. And what do you want around bones, muscle? because it's shock absorber, it redistributes force, everything like that. So getting people to think of like, even though skiing is a lower body dominant sport, it's really important that we train everything like head to toe, front to back. Because if you fall, you catch an edge, you slip, you hit a tree, you uncover a rock that happens to people all the time, early season. I had a friend who ruptured his spleen that way. You want muscle around your bones. You know, like, yeah. you don't, you want to hit it and go Ugh, and get up and ski down the hill and not hit it and be like, all right, I need ski patrol. And that, that is preventable by properly training 100%. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, look at sprinters, you know, like, you know, you watch any like hundred meter dash, they're all lots Jack. of upper body. Their, yeah. their, their whole body is, is working, you know, they're pumping. Yeah. And you can see if you're going to do a ski tour, you know, you got it when you're moving your shoulders, when you're, you're hiking up, like that takes a lot of effort too. And it's, it's easy to forget those pieces. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a whole, your whole body needs to be working better, obviously, like yep. you kind of mentioned. So absolutely. just getting back to a quick couple of questions, cause it's been almost an hour now and you got, I knew, what, I knew a flyby. It always does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so do you have a, it just favorite... means we have to have you on again. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite piece of training equipment? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like a ride or die for kettlebells. And I mind of weightlifting history has done everything. Like I've, I ran, you know, I played soccer in high school. I was training for skiing in the off season. So we did like trampoline training, gymnastics. I was in the weight room doing Olympic lifting. So like snatches, cleans, jerks, everything like that. I've competed in Olympic weightlifting. And then I train kind of with everything for the past nine years as I like learn more modalities and how to apply them. But the reason that I, I like love kettlebells and especially love kettlebells for skiing is it's such a singular piece of equipment that can do so many things. Like 
you can press it, you can pull it, you can row it, you can hinge with it, you can deadlift it, you can lunge with it, you can squat with it. You can do all these things and you only need one if, you, if you're like absolute bare bones. So if you're someone out there who's like, I, all I have is a basement and I don't really want to buy a gym, right? I don't want to get a bunch of equipment. What should I get? Get a kettlebell and just start moving it around. It also like the way that they sit. So if you hold a dumbbell, there's something here and here, right? So you're holding it in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. When you hold a kettlebell, it sits on the back of your forearm. So when it's overhead, it actually weights over your back. So it helps strengthen all the posterior muscles naturally just by its design, which is really useful because we're super frontal beings. Like we sit in chairs all day. When you get up, you use your quads to get up, not your glutes, because you've been sitting on them for however long. We walk around on our toes and our quads leaning forward. So anything that you can do that starts to strengthen everything behind you is super, super good. Um, kettlebells, I, I absolutely love them. And I, I implement them into a lot of different training programs. And they'll definitely be a component on the ski system. Like if you only have dumbbells or if you only have a kettlebell or you do have gym access and you want like kind of the full shebang, it'll be able to tailor towards each of those. Awesome. Awesome. How about most overrated? Most overrated uh, exercise or, belt, or right? exercise or piece of equipment. <laughs> I th- <laughs> this is uh, as a as, so as a coach, I'm always hesitant. Shake weights, maybe. To say this. Shake <laughs> yeah, weights. Okay, let's just let's just shut it down. <laughs> Absolutely, by and large, the dumbest thing that's ever been created is shake weights. The fact that the fact that they look so funny though, they're, they're magical. And they walk into the room, they go, "Okay, cool, show us how do you use it." And they're like, "You go like this," and they go. <laughs> I think Jeez. it will put this in the production. Here's somebody green lighted that. Well, they sold them though. They sold the people. Oh, they made them. so much money. <laughs> what about look? I'm satirical. working out right now. <laughs> so then you were getting it because it was a joke. Now, you know, like, so they you had the gift. sales because the people were fucking buying these. Then that stopped. And then people bought them as a joke. So you had this, like, <laughs> I now, mean, what, about, what about a vibrating kettlebell? <laughs> I talked to the shake weight people. I don't know. They could probably make it happen. Maybe it would be all. It's like moving around. And you got to like reel it in a bit. Like, roller. I mean, that thing is the South awesome. Park episode. Yeah. You just the South Park. It that. sprays the cooling mist and gives you change. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's, Genius. That Genius. had to be going through people's minds at the meeting. Come on. Yes, this is a great idea. Weight. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I would say... In all seriousness, the exercises that it, and, and I would, so let me start over. I would always usually answer this by saying equipment, like stationary equipment, right? So like, like uh, Nautilus equipment. Down. Yeah. Where you, you're just seated, seated bicep curl, seated tricep extension, seated, seated anything, because when you sit, you're now you're not getting your body to work as a unit, which like unless you're going to just ride the chairlift around in circles, right? It doesn't make any sense to train your, you're just sitting on the chairlift like this. Um, but the reason that I don't dog really anything that you can find in a gym is because with the right coach and the right situation, everything makes sense. That's why it's there. So if you're a, a geriatric client and you ski twice a year and you have a major hip problem, you probably shouldn't be squatting your body weight with a barbell, right? So yeah. sitting down and doing calf raises or doing leg extensions, those definitely have their place. Or if you're coming off an injury. So 
I think when I look in a gym and, and I go, what's taking up space here that doesn't need to be, it's usually equipment. But then I think about those situations where it really does apply to specific people. I didn't get that. Thanks, Siri. And uh, <laughs> you don't want them. You don't want You're those too, Siri. Like don't have a place. Yeah. Yeah. She, she felt offended. I'm sorry. Maybe Siri's <laughs> overrated. Oh, yeah. oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> so it, also, is there like a dream piece of equipment you wish existed? I mean, and I kind of threw this out at you and I didn't know if you, if it, you're like, wow, that's a like rich, shake really weight for skiing thing. or something well, like that. You know what? Like, I had a, like, I actually had an interview at Peloton a couple of years ago. I didn't get the job, obviously, and the stock options. But, you know, like the Peloton, what's done for biking, you know, it's just the amount of people who've bought these things is incredible. Like, imagine if there was some sort of like skiing device, almost like the skier's edge, the ski cosmos, that kind of thing, where, you know, again, I'm thinking insanity, like a virtual reality version where you could like hike up, you know, like do like a ski tour and then go ski Corbett's like, and, and somehow there's like a piece of equipment that replicates that. I think that we're going to, have you guys ever played around with the Oculus? Not uh, yet. Just some super oh. ghetto VR stuff. Mainly porn. Just porn. Yeah. <laughs> I got to try it on and I was like, Oh my God, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> is it really super immersive? Is it? Oh my God. It's, it's so, it's so trippy. And it's like the movie ready player one. Did you see that? Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. I mean, yeah. I'm standing here. So you get a bunch of kettlebells and your Oculus and that's all you need. Right. Well, you, what I'm saying is you could, you put that on and you are on Corbett's and you're yeah. on something that does. So I think to answer your question practically, one of the one thing that should be in every single gym that you probably saw more in CrossFit facilities that are starting to spill in. Are you familiar with what a landmine is? No, no. So if you take a barbell and you stick it into like a free moving anchor, oh, it's almost like a like home plate with like a hole in it, right? Yeah, it looks yeah. like that exactly. So landmines are great, and they. Like I said, they they kind of showed up in like CrossFit and then strength and conditioning specialty places, like places that work with baseball players, something like that. But they're they weren't not super common in gyms, but they're really nice because you can go across your midline with them, and so you can challenge like your core muscles and rotation through different planes of motion. They're really good for people that have limited range of motion in their shoulder because you can press, but it doesn't take you all the way overhead and create impingement. Mm -hmm. And there, it's another one of those like big bang for your buck exercises because it's only one piece of equipment and it's very minimal loading to create a lot of stress on the body. So you can do a, a ton of different exercises and all you need is like a 10 foot radius. Wow. And I, I'm big on like, I don't want people to not do something because they don't think that they have the right amount of stuff or they don't have a gym membership or they don't want to go to the gym or this or that. Like you can do so much even just with your body weight. And anything beyond body weight, even if it's one kettlebell, a landmine, a step up, a box, something like that, there's a lot that you can do. But to Brian's point earlier, it's not knowing what to do with those things that stops people from getting involved with them. So hopefully this can kind of show people like it's okay if you only have your grandma's old set of dumbbells that have been sitting around collecting dust for a while, we can make that work. Or you only have the stairs outside on your balcony for right now, we can make that work. Like there's a lot that you can do that's thought out, that's smart and involves multiple joints to actually get you like prepped for whatever it is you're doing. 
And now, it's proven because Elon you have Musk a history. <laughs> now, if you had yeah. Elon Musk money, would you have every piece of gym equipment ever made? <laughs> I honestly, I so I, when pandemic happened, I built a gym in my garage here. Nice. And I went like what I felt like was all out. I got all the stuff that I'd ever wanted. And if knowing that, if you looked at it, you'd be very underwhelmed. It's like a squat rack, <laughs> a bench, a set of kettlebells, dumbbells, bands, and a place to do Olympic lifts. And that's it. That's cool. If I had Elon Musk money, I'm going to Mars though. hundred <laughs> percent. I am not hanging out here. I'm going to Mars and I'm building ski mountains on Hot Mars. And be like Johnny Appleseed on Olymp- Mars. That's Olympus it. Mon. That's the mountain there. <laughs> yep. I'm not not hanging out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you are stuck here, getskisystem.com. That's where folks can get all the information. When is the uh, the program actually going to launch? Great question. So if you go now to getskisystem.com, you get 15. I've enunciated that wrong and it sounded like 50 before. So <laughs> one, one five. five. Yeah. 15% off. Uh, the subscription when we launch, which will be around the end of April, beginning of May. So I just went through like all the wireframing and everything with the developers and it's, we're just making more final tweaks until it's ready to go. Um, What I'd love to do is offer something to specifically to your guys' listeners. So maybe we can chat and come up with what's best or, or what people are really interested in. And then when we do the launch and come back on and, and give that to them. So perfect. That'd be cool. That, would be that great, way they yeah. can get started. And also go check you out on Instagram. That is the ski yes. system. And you can see yes. some of Abe's videos, which are actually pretty clever. Very cool pretty funny. Yeah. 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 And he's, you know, I would have gotten the ski system.com, but some prick bought it, you know, right. We know like, how that goes. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're not doing anything with it. <laughs> I know so people do that. And ladies, a lot of shirtless pictures of Abe. So, you know, there you go. I thought for that was for old Fat little Mario. Little that was, entertainment. That's, that's motivation for old Fat Mario. Old fat right Mario. There. Oh. I, I gotta get some old fat pictures of old Fat Mario because <laughs> they're out there yeah. somewhere. I looked at my you face. Send them to me. I'll put them in the gym. Big fat heads of old Fat Mario and <laughs> before and after, and people that's be like, "Oh my god!" Before and after. Yeah. Gotta do the before and I after. Think, yeah, I think I'm gonna Bogart. Uh, old Fat Mario. That's gonna become my alter ego. Old Fat Mario. That you yeah, gotta do it. <laughs> go to ice cream. Go to the store. Buying some Ben and Jerry's. Up. Oh, old Fat Mario. Yeah, just look at the picture. Like, excuse. look at yourself. Then I'll go over Seven Eleven and be like, ah, I'm Old Fat Mario today. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wear a fat suit though you gotta wear the the little fat you know so you look like a little chubby guy going in there getting all your all right i have one more question for you and i actually asked this of johnny mosley do you have any tips to do a backflip because because as as an older gentleman that i am like i'm still like i'm still inspired i still want to do a a backflip into corbett's that's not into corbett's you're gonna hate me but i want I, I want the truth i can't do uh backflips on skis it's like <laughs> i did court my run competition was always like 360 or 720 up top and cork seven on the bottom i cannot I just I stick go to, the, to the 720 brian yeah <laughs> yeah well that's like, the thing i'm yeah i don't like he, it he told me to try it in pools first and i was like yeah, yeah it's probably he, good I advice you won't end up in traction that way. Trampolines, and then we did water ramp training in steamboat, like into a lake. I can do them. We was would that do fun? Straight, straight airs. Water ramp training. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's great until it's October and you're jumping in the lake with a dry suit on. Like, we would do that. It was horrible. Wow. You're yeah. literally jumping into a freezing lake. Um, but I did, like, one, I don't know, I thought I was going to start to use the backflip in competition for my junior and senior year. And so I trained it all summer, and I just, I hate going straight and going back like that. I don't it's- like it creepy isn't it it's like it's freaky. Weird, yeah. it's unnatural I, I watch people on instagram all day long do big fucking back layouts off cliffs and stuff and i'm like no i'll go a little sideways yeah. totally fine but yeah. straight back i'm not doing it well people Here's like advice. don't do it well you watch no, like jerry the, like watch like jerry of the day and like you see people who like can barely ski and they try to like sending it off a jump doing a backflip and like they end up like just landing on their neck and you're like, like well notice they're being filmed because that? the person that's filming him talked him into doing it yeah it made him believe it was a good idea yeah that's the problem with social media. You got kids backflip and they don't know they pizza no pizza no french fry and then they backflip and they backflip yeah. what's up with that goddamn kids I think here's what you should do, though, in all seriousness. And this was the very first time I ever did a backflip on skis. I built about a one-foot jump in the alley behind my house. Nice. And I I threw it as hard as I could. And I made it around, like, almost. (laughs) (laughs) And tips into the ground, face Uh into the ground, covered in snow. And I got up and I looked at my buddy and I was like, I fucking did it. Close enough. Close enough. Well, if nothing else, at least the ski system will have me trained and my body prepared to accept that crash, right? If, if you decide <laughs> exactly. to to send it, Brian, you're, you'll be in better shape. I could be the poster well, boy. Mario needs to film it. He's got to like... Yes, I'll get it, I'll get it on up, film. You know? there you we go. might need a drone for that. Yeah, if no, you, you got it. it for sure. It definitely. Yeah. You <laughs> got okay. this, bro. I watch you, you practicing. You're fine. <laughs> you're good. All right. You're almost so, there. Abe, thank you so much for your time. So you go to getskisystem.com. You can yep. sign up there for 15% off before it launches in April. Go to instagram.com slash the ski system. Get more info. Follow him. Get in shape, people. Jeez, next ski season, you know. That's right. We got going quarantine's quarantine's ending. You got to get in shape. From quarantine to yeah, Corbett. Quarantine will be over. And someday. Ski season is going to happen next year. A lot's right. right. I know this will happen. A lot of people will get injured next year. And I don't, I don't say that to wish it on people, but it'll happen because so many people didn't get to ski this year. They're going to be overhyped about it next year. And there's going to, you'll probably see the most people that you've seen on ski hills next year when all of this is lifted. I'm sure. Taking sled rides. Jerry of the day is excited. I wish, I wish everyone the best in staying healthy. Be careful, train your bodies. Get ready. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Make it count. All right. Thank you so much. And yeah, check them out. Thank you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We will have the links in the show notes for everything we talked about on there. Check it out at skibumpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Hit us up. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at skibumpodcast. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. And also huge thank you to our sponsors, Valon, V-A-L-L-O-N dot S-D-O-R-E for sweet retro eyewear and Teresia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A for some dope outerwear. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah, stay fluting.